From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. I'm Jennifer Shep, budget and appropriations reporter. And we want to talk about the apparent chaos looming in the appropriations process for the coming fiscal year. Because, you know, we've been consumed for months with coronavirus aid packages. uh, And we thought just over a week ago that finally lawmakers were ready to buckle down and get to the long-delayed regular appropriations for the fiscal year that begins on October 1st. And then suddenly last week, uh, the process, at least in the Senate, is already starting to break down before it even began. And Jen, walk us through uh, what happened there exactly. Yeah, so a lot has changed during the past week. Uh, a week ago, we thought the Senate Appropriations Committee was on track to get started with its markup process this week, and that the House Appropriations Committee was going to start around the week of July 6th. Um, and things changed pretty drastically on the Senate side of things. Senate Chairman Richard Shelby and Ranking Member Pat Leahy, uh, their negotiations about what type of amendments can be offered really kind of broke down. Democrats want to offer amendments in the Senate Appropriations Committee that would add additional coronavirus aid to the individual spending bills. They also want to address some of the things related to what's being referred to as social justice. And we haven't actually seen what the Democratic amendments would be, but there's a very good chance that those amendments would address things like federal funding to local and state law enforcement agencies. And those are two issues that Senate Republicans say they don't want to debate on the annual appropriations bills. Senate Republicans say that additional COVID-19 aid should be negotiated in a standalone package, the way it's been done for those four previous coronavirus aid packages. And they say that the standalone bill introduced by Senator Tim Scott to address policing throughout the country and other issues is the most appropriate place to debate those issues. And so they really want to go back to what they're referring to as the Shelby Leahy Agreement, which took place during the fiscal 2019 process. And it said that they wouldn't try to authorize on appropriations bills and they wouldn't offer any amendments to the annual spending bills in the Senate that could cause issues for either party during floor debate. Those talks between Chairman Shelby and Ranking Member Leahy are ongoing, but as of now, the Senate Appropriations Committee isn't planning to hold any markups right now. You know, what was really striking to me, Jen, is... is the appropriators really try to play themselves off as very bipartisan, and they often are, to, to, to come up with spending deals. And clearly, Republicans on this committee were incensed when Democrats began this push, seemingly out of the blue, to attach coronavirus aid and, and police measures to the annual spending bills, knowing that it's going to complicate the annual spending process. You had I mean, Richard Shelby, the Alabama Republican, who's chairman of the committee, he's this, you know, Southern courtly guy who goes out of his way to to speak well of his colleagues, I think is fair to say, on both sides of the aisle. And he just said he was, he, he, you could tell that he was angry. He wasn't going to, he said he wasn't going to allow the appropriations process to be hijacked and turned into a partisan sideshow is how he put it. Clearly, he was caught off guard by the move from the Democrats, right? 
I think so. And in conversations during the past week with ranking member Pat Leahy, he has said that, you know, these amendments would have to do with federal funding, how the federal government is going to spend what is about $1.4 trillion in discretionary spending during fiscal 2021. And so ranking member Leahy says that these are absolutely appropriate debates to be having within the appropriations committee. And he said, you know, Republicans do still hold the majority on the committee. If they don't like these amendments, they can vote them down. And I think that's a really important point that he made. Um, And I think one of the reasons that Republicans don't want to debate these amendments is that there is a really strong possibility that depending on how Democrats write these amendments, that some of the more moderate Republicans on the Senate Appropriations Committee could vote to add this language to the spending bills. That could particularly be Alaska GOP Senator Lisa Murkowski and Maine Republican Senator Susan Collins. And so one of the issues that you get into is that if these amendments are added in the Senate Appropriations Committee um, and House Democrats add very similar or um, exactly the same language to their spending bills, removing these provisions in a few months when the House and Senate are conferencing their annual appropriations bills would be really, really challenging to do. And given that the President Donald Trump would most likely have to sign these spending bills into law later this year, uh, there are concerns that this could lead to potential veto threats on final packages and kind of force a year-long CR. Yeah, I mean, it makes the politics here a lot more difficult to get spending bills passed. And I think what, what we're seeing, frankly, is just election year politics now playing in. The tensions are so high on Capitol Hill uh, as you get close to the election. And here we, you know, here you see it in the appropriations process, which I think is going to lead to more delays. I mean, Democrats know very well that, you know, when they're trying to push coronavirus aid in these annual spending bills, they know well that these spending bills have no chance of becoming law till the end of the year, if then, because it's going to take forever to get these things through. And so if you really want coronavirus aid right now, this is not the place to put it, but it could be used to give them leverage uh, to spur a new round of coronavirus talks and make their case uh, by using these bills as as a first step toward that. Uh, And then, of course, if you add the police brutality measures in here, that really opens you up for for politics because the parties have different views of what needs to be done to reform the police. Uh, And you're, you're already seeing that in separate legislation playing out right now. So all of that combined, I think, is this combustible mix that that has led to this complete breakdown. I mean, Shelby was ready to go on at least some of these spending bills next week, right? Yeah, and I think that's the really important thing to kind of point out is that we knew that the Senate Appropriations Committee, typically because they do need bipartisan bills in order to hold floor debate at any point in time, we knew that they were going to run into some issues. Um, But we really thought those were going to be on the Homeland Security spending bill where you get border wall spending um, and a lot of rather tense debate about immigration and customs enforcement or ICE. We also knew there were going to be some issues with potentially uh, even being able to release or mark up the military construction and VA spending bill because of the Trump administration's decision to divert military construction funds to the border wall. And that was one bill that the Senate Appropriations Committee wasn't able to release last year over disagreements about what should be in the bill and what amendments could be offered to the bill. 
um, and a few other, you know, policy and sort of political disagreements on the milk on VA bill. And so we knew there was a chance that the Senate Appropriations Committee wouldn't be able to debate all 12 spending bills. But I don't think anyone, including myself, predicted a situation where they just sort of indefinitely postponed all 12 markups. I was pretty surprised by that. And we should say there's still a chance that they find some way to get this back on track, although it doesn't seem likely right now. But I guess there's a there's a chance if they can agree to some process that would let them get at least some of these bills moving uh, next month. But for right now, it seems as though neither side is, is willing to bend. And so Shelby is not going to have any markups at all. In contrast to the House, where the the Democratic-controlled House is ready to push through uh, all of its bills all in July, right? Sleepless in July is definitely the theme for the House Appropriations Committee. They are going to be starting uh, the week of July 6th. And it looks like in that first week, House Appropriations Chairwoman Nita Lowy is planning to hold subcommittee markups on all 12 bills and then hold full committee markups on five bills in just one week. Those are going to be some very long days for House appropriators. And then the next week, there isn't an official schedule yet. But if the House Appropriations Committee does match that pace of the first week, it's likely that within two weeks, House Approps is going to hold 12 subcommittee markups and 12 full committee markups. And that clears them for those you know, final two weeks in July heading into that August recess to potentially debate all 12 appropriations bills on the House floor, which is going to be a really fast process, but it's also going to be a process that includes very, very long days for staff, lawmakers, and anyone paying attention to House approves. Yeah, that's going to be quite a handful to deal with all all in a matter of a few weeks. Uh, And it seems as though those are going to be very partisan bills, right? The Democrats are already making clear that they want coronavirus aid and police measures in those bills too. Yeah, it seems like House Democrats are going to be following kind of that traditional pattern that appropriators in the House follow, regardless of whether or not Democrats or Republicans are in the majority. Um, Whoever is in the majority in the House tends to kind of write their dream bills. And so that's something that we're going to continue to see this year with Democrats writing legislation that really appeals to the Democratic Party in terms of spending levels and spending policy because they don't need Republicans to advance bills out of committee or on the floor, which makes the House Appropriations Committee's products very, very different than the ones that we're used to seeing in the Senate, where they need bipartisanship to debate these spending bills on the floor. And so that's one of the reasons that appropriators in the Senate have kind of hit a wall, whereas appropriators in the House are just moving full steam ahead. So the House is moving full steam ahead with partisan bills, Clearly, those are never going to become law like that. They're just going to sit and the Senate won't take them up and we're going to have months more of delay. Right. But the House will have products that people can look at and that they will be able to hold debate on. And that is a very different situation right now than the one the Senate is in, Um, especially when you look down the road at conferencing. You know, House Democrats will say these are bills that Democrats support in committee and Democrats support on the floor. And if Senate Republicans don't even release legislative text or summaries of their bill, even conferencing is going to be a really sort of fascinating process where there's really not a recent precedent for how the Senate might conference all 12 bills with the House 
if they don't release or mark up any of those bills. Now, there is one example from last year. The Senate Appropriations Committee did not even release text of the military construction VA spending bill, and they were able to conference that with the House later on. Um, But we don't really know how House Democrats are going to react yet if the Senate cannot mark up or release any of its bills. You know, would they just be conferencing the unreleased legislative text and kind of where we're at right now and writing those bills. So that's really an unanswered question. Yeah. So I think the only thing we know for sure is these bills will not be done on time. We're looking at another stopgap continuing resolution measure, they call it, to extend current funding into the new fiscal year. There's no way we're going to see these bills finished before the November election, I think it's safe to say. And then how they get a final deal together at the end of the year could be a very messy process at this point. Right. I definitely think September is continuing resolution world in the House and the Senate. I very much expect that stopgap spending bill to extend into mid-December. And then I think, you know, we get into a situation where the election outcome could potentially drive whether or not Congress and the Trump administration are trying to wrap up all 12 bills during the lame duck session or whether or not there's you know a change in power in one or both of the chambers or the administration turns over. Um, I think then there's going to be a lot of conversations and a lot of calculations about how to finish this appropriations process. That does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can always drop us an email. The address is cqpodcast, one word, at cqrollcall.com. The CQ Budget Podcast is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. Thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shutt, budget and appropriations reporter. You can always stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google the phrase CQ Budget Podcast. And we'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs>